the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The time has come to praise the Lord, to worship the Lord. God bless you. Good Sunday morning to you. Welcome to the Gypsy Christian Hour. I'm your guest host, Stephen Mitchell. Sam is out of town for the next couple of weeks. We thank God he's out for a very good reason. He's out celebrating. The Lord has blessed him with a new daughter-in-law, so we want to say God bless you, Sammy, and your family. God bless your son and your new daughter-in-law. May the Lord use them. May he bless them. May he provide for them. May they grow together to serve him in Jesus' name. I want to welcome you to the program tonight. It is the time to praise the Lord, to worship the Lord. And we're going to worship the Lord tonight through his word, through the reading of his word, through the study of his word, through the understanding of his word. Because his word is life, his word is hope, his word is truth, his word is power. His word is more than we could ever understand. But he wants us to receive as much understanding as absolutely possible. Tonight, we're going to be continuing in the word from last week. And the name of the preaching last week was strike the ground and the word came from the word of Elisha the prophet when he was dying and the king came to see him his concern was for Israel and he told the king grab the arrows which represent the victory of the Lord and you must strike until you destroy your enemies at Aphek. And the king struck the ground three times, and the prophet was angry with him because he did not strike until he had destroyed. He struck until he was done. And I don't know if we talked about it last week, but Aphek actually had a very, very significant reason that it, it mentioned that. If you go a few chapters earlier, I'm sorry, if you go a book earlier, it's actually in 1 Samuel, you'll see that Aphek was the place where they could not win the victory. And what the prophet was saying is, it's time to win the victory that you have not been able to win before. 
and you can win a complete victory. You can go further and accomplish what has not been done before. But all you got to do is give yourself over to the Lord completely. Tonight, if you have any questions, if you have any prayers, please call in. I will try to answer the questions as best I can. Again, I'm not Sammy, but I will do the best that I can. If you want to call in, the number is one 995 5552 That's one 995 5552 We want to go to the phones. We've got Jeremiah on the phone. God bless you, Jeremiah. How are you? How you doing? How you doing? So when is Sammy coming back? He should be back, I believe, not next week, but the week after. So like what, around Thanksgiving? Uh, right before Thanksgiving. Okay, well, if you could pray for us, we need a place, and uh, is this, uh, the guys here want too much money. I don't know, it's very expensive in California. Yeah. To find a reasonable place. Amen, amen. Did you ever find your wallet? No, I never found my wallet yet, but I know God is going to bring it back to me. Amen, amen. We'll keep it in prayer. I'll, I'll tell you a little testimony. Moshav, Tsunogosas, I leskopapo chindaziska pin, his initial. And we lost it one week after church. Chaches, we felt the low bad for it. The next week, it took one week to find it. My brother comes to me, Pinga Stephen, is this yours? Pinav, yeah, where did you find it? Pinga, I ran over it in the parking lot. So you never know when it can happen, but the Lord has done it before. Yeah, that's the truth. Well, this is what he told my pastor. He, he said, I got to be faithful, and it's going to and it's gonna take some time. He showed my pastor. Amen. Well, let's pray, Jeremiah. Devla, Chachez, we come before you. And Lord, your word says that you are our provider. You are the one who provides. And Lord, we know that I've seen it, Father, that when the times are hard, when there's too much going on, when the houses are too much money and there's too much things to that they want, Devla, you gave favor and you provided abundantly, miraculously. I pray for Jeremiah and his family that you would provide the home that is set by you. Lord, you already know where that place is. You already have blessings in store in that place. I pray, Lord, provide it. Lead them to it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay, thank you. God bless you. Good night. God bless. Amen. We want to go to Louis in Covina. Hello, Louis. Yeah, brother. How are you? God bless I just you. Want to call to, I want to call and see if you could pray for us. Pray for my wife. We've been separated for almost 10 years. But now she's coming to know a little bit about the Lord. Amen. And for myself, that I need a, a strong deliverance because I, once in a while, I fall down and I drink. Okay. Well, Louis, you, God bless I you for holding on. Please for that. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you for holding on so long. Father, we bring our brother Louis before you. Yes. And we ask, Lord, that you would heal this marriage. We pray for his wife, Lord, that she would learn to know you, to walk with you, 
and even to serve you, Father, and that your love would overcome whatever separation there is, Lord, and that you would restore this marriage. Your word says what God has put together, let no man separate. Father, I pray that you would bring this marriage together as a glory unto your name, as a testimony unto how great you are. And, Lord, I pray for my brother Louis. Lord, your word is a, is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And there are things that are causing Louis to stumble. Father, I pray that your word would become alive in his life like never before, and that that would be what he craves, that that would be, Lord, what he longs for, and that that would be his enjoyment. Father, I pray that you would give him the eyes to see the things that would cause him to stumble and the strength to walk away, Father. I pray, Lord, give him a hunger and a thirst for you and nothing else. In Jesus' name, amen. Also, I want to say something, brother. That what's the name of that song? That because that song it wakes me up. I'll be taking a nap, and then that song comes up. It just like wakes me up so beautiful. <laughs> what's the name of that song? It's it's called Avili Avramya. Um, it's a uh, a Did gypsy song. I'm sorry. Is it I believe in Daniel? No, actually, um, it's a song that was uh, written a long time ago by the Gypsy Church. Uh, oh. And what it's saying is uh, the time has come to praise the Lord, to worship the Lord. Oh. Um, but it's in our language, and it was written many, many years ago. I think whew, God, I, I think around song. 40 that years song. ago or so, maybe more. Yeah, that sound, I love that sound, wakes me up. Thank you, brother. We love you. God bless you. You have a great we night. Love too. You got Okay. God bless you. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, before we get into the Word, if there are any questions, if you have any prayer requests, again, the number is 888-995-5552, 888-995-5552, and we will try to get to your call as soon as possible. Before we get into the Word, I want to take a second and pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the privilege, for the honor of being able to dive into your word. We thank you, Lord, that you've given your word to give us life and direction and hope and strength. We thank you, Lord, that you have sent your word to give us salvation. Lord, we pray tonight. Holy Spirit, take over. Father, speak through me. I pray not one word of my own, because my words do not have power, but your words, Father. Your words are the words of truth, of life. Your words are the words that can change situations. Your words are the words that can bring people out of hell and into life. Tonight, Father, have your way. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to welcome everybody to the program tonight. I want to welcome you on Instagram Live. Tonight we're going to be getting into the Word, and we're continuing from the Word of last week. And the Word from last week was strike the ground. And it comes from the story of Elisha. 
Now, Elisha was one of the most powerful prophets in all of Israel's history. And Elisha did twice the, the amount of miracles that Elijah had done. And why did he do that? We looked at his life and we saw that the reason that he was able to do that is because he struck the ground in a way that gave him the ability to do this. If you look at um, the book of Kings, the story we're talking about comes from Second Kings 13. Well, before that, when Elijah went after Elisha to call him into the ministry, into, into service, Elisha went and destroyed all of his wealth. He had 12 pairs of oxen that he himself was plowing with in the field. And he told Elijah, let me go back and say goodbye to my mother and father. But instead of saying goodbye to his mother and father, he went and it says he broke the yokes. He killed and burned the the oxen on the yoke. And then he went after Elijah. Now the word was strike the ground. And it meant give everything that you have to the Lord for the service of the Lord. Elisha told the king, strike the ground because you must strike until you have defeated, until you have completely destroyed the other army. You must strike. And it was an example. It was an example to the king, and the king should have understood it, should have understood what it meant. What it meant was that you are to strike the ground with these arrows until you have completely destroyed these arrows as a representation of the victory that God has for you. But the king was either lazy, didn't understand, didn't care to understand, didn't want to put in the effort. And then that word was translated to us. And the way that the Lord gave it to me is, it's time to begin striking the ground because he's got a victory on the horizon. You see, when the king told, when, when Elisha told the king that, it was for a future victory. And when God is saying it now, it's for a future victory. And I believe that God is beginning to do something. God is beginning to move. God is beginning to stir up. God is preparing to give his people a victory. But here's the thing. The king struck the ground three times and only had three victories. You will only have as much victory in the Lord as, as much effort as you put in. The word says you reap what you sow. You see, we see that God wants to work hand-in-hand hand with his people. Why? Just because he's God and he chooses to. If you've ever worked with your child, with your, your son or your daughter, and you didn't need their help, it was actually took longer with their help, but you just wanted to work with them. You wanted to get them involved. You wanted them to be a part of it. And it's the same thing with God. We see when God created the animals, he tells Adam, okay, now you name them a partnership. 
Here we say God saying, I'm going to give the king the victory, but it's only going to be as much victory as you give yourself to me, as much effort as you put in. That's how much victory it's going to be. And now today, the Lord is saying, I'm about to do something. I'm about to make a move. And I want you to be involved. I want you to be a part of it. But you're only going to be a part of it as much as you put yourself in. As much as you give yourself to me is as much as you will receive, is as much victory, as much strength, as much direction, as much as you need, and more, if you will just give yourself to me. I want to pause for a minute. We're going to go back to the phones. We have Brenda in need of some prayer. Hello, Brenda. Hello. Hello. Hi, Brenda. How are you doing? Fine, thanks for taking my call. Not a problem. Um, I have a Christian faith-based family theater in Glendale, the Glendale Center Theater. Um, my sons are the fourth-generation owners of it, and I'm trying very hard to stay with Christian values and family values. And so many people tell me, Brandy, you have to start selling alcohol. And you have to show that to be a little bit more racy and, and um, you know, more swear words. And, and I'm like, no, that's not the theater that great-grandma started. It's not the value she started this theater on. And it's all, you know, try so hard to do family face-based shows and, it's just my numbers are dropping, and I I just don't want to... I don't drink. I don't take any kind of meds. I don't do any drugs. Um, I do yoga. Uh, <laughs> but um, I just... I see the healing power of theater with children, with patrons of mine who are blind. It says because they're so close and up close with the theater. It's theater in the round. It's like stadium seating. So when you're in the front row, it's like you're part of the show, and... I have patrons who are blind. They sit in the front row. They said it's like they can see because they can sense energies and they can, it's almost like they can see again because they can tell what's going on on stage. And I don't know. I just, I, I just need prayers. I, I, I feel like I just need prayers because I want to continue the values that grandma started this theater in 1947. And we're coming into a Christmas carol coming up and story of redemption and forgiveness. And, um, I just, I just need prayers because I, I don't want to change the makeup of the theater just for money, but I, I need to pay my bills and, um, I just need prayers. Amen. Amen. Brenda, can I ask you something? Can I ask what theater it is? If it's, is it the Alex? No, it's the Glendale Center Theater. It's the, um, the red brick, um, New Orleans style theater. Great grandma and grandpa built it in 1965. They, um, went to a bank and got a loan because back then there were no eight, there was no AEA funding. And, um, it's just, it was built with love and, morals and values and um, integrity. Grandma was half Shoshone. She could have got a lot of federal grants and free 
mailing and cut on taxes and everything else. And she just always said, no, there's always somebody who needs it more than I do. We'll work hard and we'll be fine. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the way I feel, too. It's just that my numbers are going down. So people are like, well, Brenda, you need to start selling alcohol. Or, you know, when you need I, to um... I want to I want to tell you something that uh, I believe the Lord has has given this for you tonight. Um, I have a saying that the Lord gave me, and it's that He's not the God of of eleven fifty nine. If you get the meaning of that, right. um, He's the God of twelve oh one. With Lazarus, He could have easily been there at at eleven fifty nine and and saved the day. And he could have gone and and just showed up and, and saved the day, and, and there wouldn't have been a problem, there wouldn't have been an issue, and he still would have gotten glory because of a victory that he had had. But he waited until that 1201 so that instead of a healing, which everybody had on their minds, he had a resurrection on his mind. Mm-hmm. And that's the way that God works with us. I heard it uh, yesterday, or I'm sorry, I heard it last week. If God met all of your expectations, he could not exceed them. That's the God we serve. And there are times where God calls us to have faith in times where it's so impossible. There are times where God calls us to trust him, even when it looks like the worst is happening. And, and, and there's something that God has been doing in my life. And, and it's a question that he asked. And it was, and he knows, he knows your heart when, when you answer this, but it's a question that, that has to be posed to a lot of people, to the, to the church, really. And it's, if the miracle doesn't happen, am I still God? This is the question that God has. And if we can truly get to that point and say, yes, you are still God, then we can understand that no matter what happens, the Bible says that he works all things to the good for those who love and trust him. I have to believe that. I He got me through five years of a very contentious divorce where I was on my knees going, God, why me? I found evidence of forgery, identity theft, bank fraud, mortgage fraud, you name it. I went to the district attorney's office. I went to the attorney general's office. I turned all this into the financial clients detective. I had a forensic document examiners go over all the forgery, everything. It was unbelievable. My bank accounts were getting hacked into. My trash was being stolen. It was, it was horrendous. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what? have I done to deserve this? Why me? <laughs> and and I just and 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 I was told from the financial crimes detective, from the district attorney's office, Brenda, we're so sorry. We made so many mistakes in your case. We are so sorry. But how were you harmed? He threw he he stole three point seven million dollars from you and your children and your family. But how are you harmed? Imagine how Nicole Brown Simpson's family felt, Brenda. They didn't get justice either. 
We deal with billions of dollars, offshore accounts, organized crime. There's no dead bodies, Brenda. Move on. You're beautiful. You're intelligent. You got your health. You got your kids. Just why don't you just move on? And I did move on. I said, I was like, okay, right. Okay. So he stole the money from me. So, you know, I'm, I, I get up at 6 a.m. I work till midnight, seven days a week. Um, I'm trying my hardest to keep a roof over my children's heads, keep this theater going in the memory of great grandma. And I'm just like, why? You know, I do it, I do it for the, for the people who come to me and say they've been coming since they were five and, you know, well, grandparents now and, and it means so much to them. It's the one thing in their life that hasn't changed. It's the one thing that has remained values in their life. It's the one place that they can come in Los Angeles and get a smile, always a smile, usually a hug and sometimes a kiss on the cheek and they're where they get a hometown feel. And it's the one thing in their life that hasn't changed. And, but I guess I'm, I don't know. Sometimes I wonder if it's, you know what I mean? I just, I just don't know what I'm, what I'm supposed to be doing. Is it, is I'm, am I supposed to be doing this? Because it's so important for so many people, even though it's, is it going to kill me for working 18 hours a day, seven days a week? I don't know. Well, I'll tell you this way. Sam, uh, the normal host of the show, once said something. He said, just because it's successful doesn't mean that it's of God. And just because it might fail doesn't mean that God wasn't in control. In either way, if you keep your eyes on the Lord, and we're going to pray do. right now that that he would give you the direction that you need in in whatever it is, in standing firm, in, in moving forward, but that it would all be to his glory that mm-hmm. you would walk in his purpose. And whatever that purpose is, if you hold on to the fact that God is God and that he is in control and you submit to him, then I promise you, no matter what happens, Brenda, if the Lord is in control, if you are submitting to him, then it will be in his plan. And his plan is Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, for a hope and a future, for good and not for evil. He knows every tear that you shed. He knows every heartache that you have. He knows all the hours that you spend there. And, and he knows the reason of why you're doing it. To stand firm in, in a world that is bending more and more to the flesh, mm-hmm. it's rare to see someone who will stand for God. So I want to say, mm-hmm. first of all, God bless you in that. And I, I'm going to pray for you right now. And I, I truly pray that the Lord would up, just abundantly supply and give you direction. Father, we come before you right now, and I bring Brenda before you, and we bring the theater before you, Father. We bring, Lord, all of those who would stand for righteousness, all of those who would stand in the gap, Lord, all of those who would, Romans 12, and not conform to this world, but be transformed, Lord, and shine your light, and shine your glory, and shine your righteousness. Father, I pray for Brenda. 
I pray that you would give her wisdom like that of Solomon, Father. Wisdom that she would not, that she would know that it is not of herself. I pray that you would give her strength to continue, to tarry, Father. I pray that you would lead her into the right moves, into the right things to do for this theater, with this theater, and for your service, Lord. I pray that you would bless her for putting her heart, her strength, her work into standing firm for you. Bless her and all of those around her, we ask. Lord, we pray for that theater. I pray that it would begin to be a light shining in the darkness like never before. I pray that you would pour down upon it, that it might be used for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you, Brenda. I I will continue to keep you in prayer. God bless you, too. Good night. Thank you. Amen. We've got one more phone call. Mike's been on hold a very long time. Sorry about that, Mike. God bless you. Hello, Mike. Hi. Uh, Thanks for filling in for Sam. You're doing a great job. God bless you. I appreciate that. Okay. Um, I'd like to say uh, just a prayer, thanking God for letting me and my mom have a life together. Amen. Amen. Lord. Okay. We are just appreciative, Father. Lord, your word says that children are a blessing from the Lord. And your word says that children should honor their mothers and their fathers. And Lord, Mike is just appreciative of his mom and his, his relationship with her father. I pray that you would bless them and take them forward, Lord, that they would give you glory in all that they do, that you would strengthen them, that you would keep them, and that you would use them, Father, to be an example for others. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you, Mike. Have a great night. Yeah, thank you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Getting back to the study, God bless you. Welcome to the room. We're continuing from last week, Strike the Ground. Tonight, we're going to be going forward, and I talked a little bit about this last week. It was, well, what does striking the ground look like today? And I mentioned reading the word, I mentioned prayer, and I mentioned worship. And so now, as I was preparing for tonight, I have a list in front of me, and it says the word, worship, and prayer. But I have to let you know, as I began to write down my study, as I began to look at scriptures and and pray about what the Lord would bring forward, I wasn't able to get past the word. I wasn't able to get past how important the Word is and striking the ground with the Word. So tonight, I want to look at the Word and see why it's so important. First, we're going to look at a few of the things that the Word of God is called. In Psalms 119, it says, how can I keep how can a young man keep his ways pure by knowing the word of God in Psalms 119:13 it says I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you in Jeremiah 23:29 it says is my is my word not fire, does it not burn wood? Fire is used to refine. In Jeremiah fifteen sixteen, I really want to read this one. 
and I, I have to tell you, this one really got me. It, it got me so good that I posted it as soon as I read it. It was like 2 o'clock in the morning, and and God just struck me with this one. And it says, when I discovered your words, I devoured them. They are my joy and my heart's delight, for I bear your name. In Matthew, the Lord asks, are you going to leave me too? And Peter says, where would we go? Only you have the words that give life. In John 1, 1, it says that the Word was there at the beginning, and the Word was Christ. In John fifteen seven, it says, If you remain in me, and my Word remains in you, then you will have direction. In John seventeen seventeen, it says, Your Word is truth, and it makes you holy. What am I getting at tonight? Tonight, I want to talk about how important the Word of God is in our lives. And I didn't realize it until I was doing the study, but the way that I have it written down is the Word, worship, and prayer. And these are the steps that God wants us to get back to, to striking the ground. And I have a question to you. If you watched last night, my question to you tonight is, Did you strike the ground? Did you apply the word that the Lord has given you? Somebody might say, well, God didn't tell me what to do. Yes, he did. Through the program last week, God told you, get into prayer. God told you, get on your face again and let your heart begin to strike the ground. God told you, get into worship, not just singing a song, but true worship. God told you, begin to read my word so that I can give you instruction for what to do. Because I am about to do something, but I can't do it if you don't know what's going to happen, if you don't know what to do, if you don't know the steps to take. You see, God gave me an illustration about uh, about how blessing works. And for somebody who knows me, you know that this could never have come from me, but he gave me the analogy of a football game. And it's God who's the quarterback, the football who's the blessing, and we who are the receivers. And the idea is that the the quarterback never throws the ball to where the receiver is. I'm sorry, not never, but for the most part. He throws the ball where the receiver is supposed to be. Have you ever seen that that throw where the receiver's running down the field and he throws the ball? And it's in the air forever. And the receiver's running as hard as he can, but he catches that ball just at the right time because he was where he was supposed to be. Do you know how he knows where he was supposed to be? He knows the playbook. And God is saying, it's about time that the people who call themselves my children, my children, it's about time that the people who call themselves Christians Start reading the playbook so that they can be in the game, so that we can win the victory, so that we can work together to accomplish great things.
And somebody just told me what I just described is called catching in stride. Thank you, Mario. I want to look at the story of Jacob. In Genesis 29, Jacob has just run from Esau, and he's on his way to his uncle Laban. But he stops in the middle of the night, and he goes to sleep. And it says, he fell asleep on a rock. And as he slept, he dreamed of a stairway and reached from earth up to heaven. And he saw angel, the angels of God going up and down on the stairway. At the top of the stairway stood the Lord. And he said, here is the word. I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham, and the God of your father Isaac. The ground you are lying on belongs to me. I am giving it to you and your descendants. And he gives him this whole long word, this promise. And it says, Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I wasn't even aware of it. But he was also afraid and said, What an awesome place this is. It is none other than the house of God, the very gateway to heaven. The next morning he got up, very early, and he took the stone that he rested his head on, and he set it upright, and he poured olive oil on it. And he named the place Bethel, which means house of God, although it was previously Luz. You see, he heard the word of God, and then he he worshipped. And now here comes the prayer. Then Jacob made this vow, if God will indeed be with me and protect me on this journey. You see, there was an order that Jacob went in. There's an order that Jacob followed. And we see that pattern all through the word. When Samuel was laying in the presence of God and had no idea, he heard the word of God before anything else, before he was ever the kingmaker, before he ever did one miracle or prophesied one word, before he did anything, he heard the word of God. And this is where God's people are at right now. The Bible says that faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. And so we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, and then stop right there. That's enough for us. I'll get what I need from the pastor. I'll get what I need from the once-a-week service. Maybe I'll hear a preaching on TV. Maybe I'll listen to a preaching in the car, and that is it. The Lord has given me a word about the word. And everything that it's an example of, all the lists that I just gave you, there's so much more. It calls it the the uh, bread. It calls it milk because when you're a baby, you need milk to sustain you. It calls it meat. It calls it light and a lamp. It calls it so many things that describe the things that we need in our lives, but we do not take a hold of it. We don't take advantage of it. We don't put it to work in our lives. Let me ask you a question. And I thank God because I was listening to the radio on the way here. And the Lord used it in such a mighty way. He gave me this word that I'm about to say. And I heard this exact word 
on the radio as I was coming upstairs from this radio station. And it's this. Would you even think about going one week without eating? Would you consider that? If you did, most likely you're going to be pretty weak. But yet we as Christians can go weeks and months without the word, without the bread that we need, without the milk that we need, without whatever the word is to us. It's supposed to be strength and direction. So we don't have the word, which is light, so we're walking around in the dark. We don't have the word, which is uh, bread, so we're walking around weak. It's the meat which gives us strength. It's the milk which helps us to grow. Do you know what happens to someone who doesn't have milk in their body, who doesn't have the calcium, the nutrients that come from the milk? Do you know what happens to that person? They have weak bones. I know it from, from personal experience. They have weak bones. And it becomes a problem. And it affects the way that that person walks, and the way that that person lives. But thank God that there's a way that can correct it. They started to give him what he needed. How is your walk with the Lord? The Lord is telling you it's time to begin striking the ground. That means to keep asking, to keep knocking, to keep seeking. And the first step of that is by his word. The first step you took towards the Lord came from the Word. Somebody told you about God. Somebody told you uh, about salvation. You heard a song that was actually a preaching in your life, and it changed your life. But you tasted of the Lord and walked away. You tasted of the Lord and said, that's enough for me. I'll let the pastor give me something next week. I have to tell you something. If the only word of God that you're getting comes from somebody else, you're not getting the full word of God. Because God talks to me in such a way and reveals things to me in such a way that it's impossible for me to explain it to you exactly the way that God has given it to me. And it does something in me. It gives me a joy. It gives me a strength. It gives me a direction. So if the only word that you are receiving is from somebody else, what you're doing, I'm sorry this is a, a kind of a, a gross example, but it actually is the, the perfect example. It's you're allowing someone else who has taken the word, the meat of the word, and chewed on it and taken all of the nutrients out of it. They've taken all of the flavor out of it. They've gotten what they needed out of it, and then they give it to you. And that's the only thing you're surviving on. And at that, you're living on it once a week, twice a week. If you are walking around this world and you're not feeding on the Word of God, the strength that God wants to give you, the direction that God wants to give you. What happens is, the Bible says that we are to stand against the powers and principalities of this world. We're to fight against the things of this world. I'm sorry, a soldier that eats once a week, I can't expect him to stand for anything.
I can't expect, expect him to fight for anything. The Bible says that we're supposed to run the good race. Well, I'm sorry, an athlete that eats once a week and doesn't eat right, I can't expect that athlete to win the race. The Bible calls the word a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And I explained it last week. I said the reason it calls it two different kinds of light is because the lamp lights what's around you so that you don't trip. And the light shows you the direction that you have to go. So if you're walking around without the word of God in your life, you're walking around in the darkness. I want to read First Peter Chapter 2. And I'm... I'm really considering the things that the Lord is saying to me. And there's no more time to be nice about it. There's no more time to, to beat around the bush We are in a place where the, the church of God does not know the word of God. I hear it said, why are there no miracles? Well, the miracles were only for that day. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't need to get into a debate because I've seen miracles. I've seen them happen. I've seen big miracles happen, and I've seen little miracles happen. I've seen miracles happen for people that I'm praying for. I've seen miracles happen in my own life. I've seen things happen in my own life where, to me, it was a miracle. To anyone else, it wouldn't mean anything. But it was things that I prayed to God, and God answered them in an instant. The church of God is lacking in the power of God. The people of God are lacking in the service of God. The people of God don't know the God that they're serving. And I can say this from experience because I was that person who served and never knew the God that I was serving. But I got into the Word in a true way, in a right way. I got into the Word and began to pray, Lord, show me. And God started to do something different in my life. I don't read the word the same. I don't pray the same. You see, I've come to a realization who God is. And the way that the church is today, we're stuck on the fact that God is the God who provides for us. That God is the God who gives us what we need. But when I began to strike the ground and say, Lord, I want to know you, I found out something. We need to start seeing God for the God that he is. He is awesome, almighty God. Everybody knows him by Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, and all of these Jehovahs, and they don't even care to find out the rest of them. They just know the ones that, care, that they care about. I need healing. I need provision. So I'll worry about these two Jehovahs. And maybe you heard a couple other ones in a couple of songs. Or maybe you heard a couple other ones in a study. But it's time 
that we began to see the Lord as the El Shaddai, as the El Gabor, as the Elohim. It's time to start seeing God as awesome God. And that no matter what the situation, God is still God. God is awesome God. God is powerful God. God is worthy to be praised, honored, and glorified. And the only way you're going to find that truth is if you look in the Word and you allow it. You apply it to your life and allow it to do what God wants it to do in your life. I want to read Second Peter chapter 2, verse 8. I'm sorry, it's First Peter. It says they stumble because they do not obey God's word. And so they meet the fate that was planned for them. When you don't pay attention to God's word, when you don't follow God's word, here is the Bible that's telling you. What happens is you're going to stumble. You're walking around in the dark because there is no light of the word in your life. There's no direction in your life. There's no uh, no strength in your life. I want to look at John seventeen seventeen. We're going to go through a lot of scripture if we can get through it. We've got 10 more minutes. I don't think we have enough. In that scripture, it says, your word is truth. And it says that the word makes you holy. In Ephesians 6, 17, it says that the the word is a sword, sharper than two, any two-edged sword, and it's used to cut deep into the bone, into the marrow. It's your weapon. Are you walking around without your weapon? Second Timothy 2.15 says that everyone who believes needs to be ready to correctly explain why you believe. But yet if you ask Christians, explain to me why you believe. I'm not a pastor. I grew up in church. I have to tell you from my own experience, if your words are, why are you a Christian? Because I grew up in church. I'm sorry, you're not a Christian. I'm saying that from my own personal experience. Not because anybody is better than anybody. We don't compare each other to each other. We compare ourselves to Jesus. We compare ourselves to God. We compare ourselves to the one who is so high above us. So if I'm doing better than you, it doesn't matter because I'm still not as good as God Almighty. Amen, Mario. A very big point. Mario said, God says the only thing he holds above himself, his name is his name. Is Above his name is his word. The only thing that God carries above his name is his word. And his name is so important that he put it in one of the Ten Commandments. 
His word is so important. I want to try and get through these scriptures because these are very important. In First Peter, we're going to go to the first chapter. It's a lot of reading, but please stay with me. First Peter 22. Penel, through Christ you have come to trust in God, and you have placed your faith and hope in God because he raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory. You were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth, the word. So now you must show sincere love to one another, brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all your heart, for you have been born again, but not to a life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever because it comes from eternal, from the eternal living word of God. The word of God is alive. I want you to know something. If you can't get deep into the word, that's okay because the word is called milk because milk is for babies. And every level of your life, every level of your Christianity, the Bible transforms to be new to you again. It'll be milk to you when you're a baby. It'll be meat to you when you're ready to get into the Greek and Hebrew. Dula, I'm sorry. What does what mean? You see, the Bible is the only thing in this world that will keep up with you in your Christianity. It transforms as you do. Whatever happens in your life, whatever stage you are in your life, it becomes new again and again and again. From the living word of God. As the scriptures say, people are like grass. Their beauty is like the flower in the field. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And the word is the good news that was preached to you. Dula, what that means is his name is to be kept holy. But his word is so important that God himself says, I place my my word above my name. That means his word is so important that if you're someone, I'm someone that if I hear someone say, uh, take the Lord's name in vain, it, it upsets me and I tell them. But his word is even higher than that. So if we're supposed to respect and honor his word, his, his name, how much more are we supposed to respect and honor his word? The Bible says, the scripture that I read in Jeremiah says, when I found your words, I devoured them. I devoured them because they were a delight to me. Is the word of God a delight to you? Have you found the word of God? Have you gotten into the word of God? In, in Hebrews 5.12, want to get to it real quick. And we're running out of time. I apologize. You might have to read it for yourself because I think we're running out of time. But in Hebrews 5.12, it says, You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teachers, that you you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basics about the, the Word of God. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid foods. It's been so long that it is time 
for us to start feeding on the Word of God. Last week's word was strike the ground. And my question to you tonight was, have you struck the ground? The first step in you striking the ground is to start getting into the word of God. I don't care if you can't read it. I don't care if you can't understand it. Start reading it. There are people who could not read and they began to read because of the word of God. If you start to read it, there are people around you who can explain it, who can pray with you and give you insight. And as you grow from that, you will begin to understand But until you start striking the ground, you will not receive the victory that comes out of it. I'm sorry we ran short tonight, but I pray that this word plants a seed in your life. I'll be back here next week and try to finish up this word and get to worship and prayer. God bless you for being here with me tonight. I pray that the Lord bless you and keep you. I pray that the Lord takes you forward and that his word is a light unto your path and a lamp unto your feet. Begin to read the word of God. God bless you. Happy Sunday morning. Get to your local church. God bless and good night.